Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and I am super excited to introduce today's guest, Jane Slade-Leach. Jane is an EFT and energy psychology practitioner, facilitator, and trainer, and also the founder of the Life2 Project. Jane began this phase of her work 10 years ago when she created the Life2 Retreats for women who've experienced domestic violence, born out of her own lived experience after leaving a long-term relationship and having no way to release the deeply embedded trauma. She now offers retreats, workshops, and private sessions focused on empowering women and providing safe space to release trauma, embedded destructive thoughts, beliefs, and patterns, and dissolving everyday challenges that inhibit women from developing emotional strength, inner wisdom, and future with vision. Jane has a deep understanding and intuitive knowing of the dynamics involved and is certified in advanced evidence-based EFT for trauma through Dr. Peta Stapleton. Her work is now being acknowledged through government-funded initiatives, which she has developed and implemented within the community service space. Welcome, Jane. Thank you so much, Emmy. I'm so happy to be here. I'm very honoured. Yeah, I'm very excited to be um, sharing some of my story here tonight. Uh, thank you, Jane. And it's, it's such a blessing to have you with us. And I am super excited to be learning from, from you today as well. Now, Jane, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you? Well, I found that a really interesting question and I asked myself, uh, sat down quietly and asked myself, what does it actually mean to me? And um, to me, it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement of the strength that women have when faced with, with challenges uh, and adversity. Um, it, it represents not only what we might see as, you know, the positive aspects of power, the dynamism, the, the you know, the, the moving forward, the, um, the divine feminine energy in, in the positive sense, but to me it also represents that, that deep ability that women have to really dig into their deepest reserves when needed. Um, the thoughts and the feelings that we have and working on that level through the mundane and finding the magic every day in the mundane, that is a, a true superpower to me. Um, it's, you know, working with all of the challenges we have emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, um, you know, the, um, um, the adversity that we as a collective face every day. I'm attending um, next week a, a march for women's power in Brisbane. Um, so I... I constantly am in awe of that feminine power to keep rising up, to keep coming back, to keep stepping forward, despite all the challenges that we face in life. Because um, 
I don't think that gets acknowledged and revered enough, that deep, deep strength that, the, that we draw on every single day. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I, I love um, the different aspects that you brought up there, especially around the magic or the sacred being in the mundane and really the strength that women all over the world, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their educational backgrounds, regardless of what they have gone through, really do have this very, very innate strength to keep rising up. So I really love that. Thank you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's something that um, I, I have just such an amount of admiration because I work with a particular um, a, a particular type of, of woman that has had a particular type of experience in her life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm humbled every day when I have someone sitting in my office and I, you know, we, we, we work on that deep level with that strength. Um, sometimes there are just no words. Yeah, I have chills when you say that because I can so recognize that from my own experience with my practice too. And as, as you say, it is truly a, a very humbling experience. But mm. Jane, I would love to give... Sorry, I cut you off there. Did you want to say something else? No, I just I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Jane, I wanted to uh, find out from you if, if you felt comfortable to share one challenge that you have faced in your life that's really helped you to activate the sacred feminine power within you and on your life's path. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I will... I will go back to events that were happening in my life about 15 years ago, slightly longer than 15 years ago, actually, maybe 17 years ago. And I was coming to a point in my life where I knew something was very, very wrong. Um, and it, it took a good amount of energy and courage to face what it was that was actually wrong in my life. And, um, it was, in fact, I was in the thick of a highly abusive relationship. Mm. Um, it took me a long time to recognise where I, where I was at in that relationship and, and what the reality of it was. Um, it's a very difficult thing to recognise when you're in the, in the depths of the pit of that type of situation. It's mm -hmm. very hard of get a grasp on reality any kind of perspective um acknowledge even that you as a woman who you consider to be intelligent and strong um and able to you know stand on your own feet which i had been prior to that relationship very much so uh it's very a very difficult thing to acknowledge where you may have ended up in a situation of that nature um, through some counseling some guidance I, I did end up recognizing exactly what that situation was and um, came to a, a stark realization that I, I only had really one choice to make and that was to leave 
Um, on average, they say the statistics are that it takes an average of eight to 10 attempts to leave an abusive relationship of the nature that I was in. Um, but I did leave and I left one time and one time only and I stayed left. <laughs> mm. um, but leading up to that time of, of actually making that move to that, to that point in time, was very, very difficult. The, the challenges, the thoughts, the feelings, and the sacrifices that I had to make were immense. And I remember having a feeling like I was about to jump off a pla out of an aeroplane, not knowing whether I had a parachute. Um, it was a very, very big uncertain step and I had no idea what my future was going to look like. I did eventually leave and it was a difficult journey. It was a very difficult journey. And, you know, I refer back to how women have to dig into their deepest reserves. Um, and that's very much what I had to do at the time. Um, those, those thoughts and those beliefs and the very, very, destructive I guess you could call it behavioral patterns that I was carrying because of deep trauma um, just it didn't make sense to people didn't make sense to me much of the time um, and I found that I had to make a choice when I had some clarity when I came to having some clarity and some quiet moments I realized that the choice I'd had to make was between surviving financially, I could have stayed in that relationship. You know, we were quite financially well off and um, we had a nice home and cars and property and, you know, all of the things that people strive to have in, in that material side of life. So I had to make a choice between surviving financially and surviving emotionally psychologically mentally if I had have stayed in that marriage I would not have survived on those levels um, and after leaving I found it extremely difficult to survive financially and that was that was literally the choice I had to make I had to I had to sacrifice my financial safety to to preserve my emotional and psychological well-being and that's the choice that many women are faced with. Um, and, you know, we, we know how difficult it is for a, a, a woman, especially with children, to survive as a single parent. Um, you know, many, many, many women survive just on the poverty line or even sometimes just below it. Uh, so it was an incredibly difficult choice and ultimately, I dug into my faith. I dug into my, my sense of my knowing, my intuition, my sense that I could indeed make it okay. Um, and ultimately it was, it was, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be happier now. Um, it's, it's been a, a long journey, as I said, 15 years. So, uh, I've had a lot of time to reflect on many of on you know on many of those events. Um, 
And I came away with a belief which was really interesting. And it wasn't until many, many years later that I realized that I was still carrying this belief that I must sacrifice love to have money or I must sacrifice money to be happy. Now, that on the surface wouldn't really make sense. Um, why would anybody believe either of those things? But when you're suffering from trauma and you've had such deep experiences with someone who claims to love you but uses that as a weapon against you and uses the fact that they are in control of all of that financial side of things. It's very easy for the subconscious and, and the heart to take that on as the truth and move forward with that in life. So that has become the basis of the work that I do now. Um, you know, I, I work very much with um, working with, with those levels of trauma, but working on that on those deeper belief systems and um, and coming to acknowledgement, compassion, and understanding of of how those beliefs come into being and um, and having having love for the experience. Because how would we uncover that unless we have been shown what it means to live it? Yeah, absolutely. You have said all of that so beautifully and, and so gracefully. And in many ways, you've already started to open up my, my next question to you as well in terms of what, what would you feel is the divine meaning or the hidden blessing in the challenge that you went through in this abusive relationship? And how, how does that blessing now support you in your own life? Mm. It has been, from my perspective now, as my future self, looking back on those times, <laughs> as I am mm. the future self of that person back then 15 years ago, um, I can honestly say the depth of my knowing of, of the dynamic and the choices that women have to make um, is so deep, so empathic, so intuitive, and so deeply grounded in, in my own being, my own soul, um, that it's, it's, it's been described by women to me like they come they come and work with me and it's like coming home and back to themselves because I can I, I kind of have a way of working that fully acknowledges um, the experience there is no judgment on anything that can be felt or perceived with with shame by anyone who comes to you know work with me because the shame is so is so prevalent um that depth of acknowledgement is extremely healing extremely healing 
Um, and every time I work with, with somebody, it's I I receive a form of healing for myself as well. It's it's an extraordinary dance that we do. Um, so I really truly feel that every experience that I had, and you know, this this didn't start with that relationship. It started in childhood, you know, it started with difficult relationship with my father as well. Um, and there's a, you know, for me, there's a real acknowledgement uh, and, and there is true gratitude actually as well for it, the life that I've had. I look back where I, I used to look back on my teenage years. I was extremely rebellious teenager. I look back at that girl now and I have nothing but love and, and I just cherish her. Whereas I used to, you know, have many regrets and, and judgment and, um, sadness uh, and, and a bit of shame as well you know there were behaviors back then that I felt ashamed of but looking back now with all of the wisdom that I've immersed myself with and allowed to come through um, there's nothing but gratitude for all of it you know that's the gift that's the blessing and there's a great sense of peace for all of it um, you know, one of my one of my main goals in life as a, a state of being is contentment and peace. You know, many people want to strive to be happy or, um, you know, achieve some sort of status or I, I really and truly am very uh, my, my most happy, happiest, if you like, is simply in contentment. It's a precious thing when you've been through levels of trauma to the depths that I have been. It is truly a gift to be able to appreciate peace. Absolutely. And I have a feeling quite a few of our listeners will really resonate with what you are talking about and, and your own experiences as well. And I'm wondering if you would be happy to talk a little bit more about the the nature of that abusive relationship that you lived in and how it actually manifested in the day-to-day -day life. Would that be okay? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, it was a very whirlwind relationship to start with and it was very intense I guess you know I was kind of I guess I was sort of swept off my feet in a way it was it was very fast and you know um kind of romantic and um, we were married very quickly you know and um we met in England and married in England and emigrated to Australia within about 18 months a little over 18 months so it was very fast um and you know, for the first couple of years, things kind of rolled quite well um, with a few red flags, I have to say. But, you know, being in, an, in a, a relatively new relationship and wanting everything to be perfect. And, you know, I was looking forward to have this, this huge vision of this beautiful life in paradise and, you know, wanting, wanting all of that happy ending. You know, it's... Um, the fairy tale life, I guess. Um, coming from a small town in the north of England, it was a huge adventure, you know. Mm. 
Um, once we kind of got to Australia after the first 12 or 18 months, it, it sort of became a little sour and things started to get a little bit uh, tense, I guess. Um, and life went on and I was trapped in it. There was, you know, I had a sense that I wanted to, I, on the outside, we, we had a great life. On the inside, behind closed doors, I was becoming less and less of myself. Mm. Um, my self-esteem was, was going downhill. I was very lonely because I had nobody here. I had nobody here in Australia. All my family and all my friends were in the UK. It was, you know, just me, my, me and my husband. Um, and um, I started to suffer with some deep homesickness. Um, when I look back on it now, it was it was actually grief. I was going through a real grieving. Um, and really, you know, for me, that was sort of the start of my emotional well-being taking a real slide. And it was really difficult to sort of come back from that back to who I, I was. <laughs> and as I look back from the point where I'm at now, I don't actually think I was ever who I really was. Um, I feel I'm that now. Uh, but I, I look back and yeah, there were that I wasn't the person that I was supposed to be. That was meant to be. Uh, were, there were so many um, issues that I was dealing with that were very unconscious. So life went on. The difficulties and the challenges really got greater and greater. There were the good days and there, there were bad days. Um, I had my two children. And when I, after, after giving birth to my, my second child, my son, uh, I became very depressed. I had post-nasal post depression, postpartum depression. And... Um, things within the marriage really took a turn for the worse at that point because there was no support for me, no care. There were lots of arguments and fights and my mental state was really, really suffering. And at one point I remember sitting on the steps on the veranda at the back of the house, looking out across the back garden and dreading my future. And I think it was at that point where I thought I can't go on like this. And I did seek some help. So I went through about 18 months of counseling with a psychologist, which was, you know, it was, it was good. It was great, but didn't really address the trauma. However, what did come from that was the realization of the situation that I was in, because it was identified that at one stage, a discussion occurred that I was no longer suffering from what they could tell from postpartum depression. The issues that I was dealing with and that I was suffering with was domestic violence. And 
it was put on the table. And I remember actually going into shock when I heard that. It sent me reeling and sent me probably into a little denial and um, I had to calibrate myself. It was a point in my life where it was, I was starting to have to make those choices about myself, my life, what my future is gonna look like and where my boundaries are. And that, when you have very little self-esteem and confidence is a seriously tough decision to make, but I made it. And literally it took me from that point about two years to get to the point where I was ready to leave. And I was in constant conflict with myself because the abuse wasn't physical. It was highly psychologically um, demeaning, gaslighting, undermining, um, threatening. But I had no physical evidence of any of it. So in my mind, how could I have any kind of reason to leave when everything looks so wonderful from the outside? And there was no physical evidence of anything, only my word. Um, what reason could I give for making such a drastic, um, life-changing move uh, to leave my marriage? So I was stuck in that place for a long time. Um, and many, many women say the same thing to me that, you know, it was never, then he never hit me. So how do I, you know, prove that to all of these people who want to know the reasons and, um, you know, why did you make that decision? What was so wrong? Because they have their own belief system, friends, family, colleagues. Um, I hid it so well because of my shame. So it was as much of a shock to friends and family um, as to, you know, to, to, as it was to me when I actually realised the situation that I was in. So um, when I, it was a really interesting shift in energy that actually brought about the ultimate decision to leave this one particular night. And as I had become aware of the situation that I was in, I'd started to become a little bit more empowered. I started to become a little bit more confident. I started to become a little bit more able to assert my opinion or my desires or my will. And I became a little bit taller if you like, and able to stand in my own strength a little bit more. It felt good to me to be able to have something of a voice. Don't get me wrong, I didn't fight back or I didn't, you know, um, 
there was no aggression, there was no anything other than more of a sense of certainty about the situation that I was in and, and my own self and sense of who I was. So to somebody who needs to control and have power as a, a way of feeling, I guess, safe in the world, um, a shift of that nature, I guess, could be threatening. So, you know, I've studied over the years the dynamics in these types of relationships and, you know, it's narcissistic abuse, uh, gaslighting and narcissistic abuse. And um, it's helped me to really understand the dynamic from both sides and, and have empathy as well as, you know, um, coming into my own power. I really and truly get a sense of what was driving that behavior from, from him, from his side as well. So his need for power and control came from insecurity, came from a sense of really deeply having no real sense of um, a powerful place in the world. So his response to me stepping somewhat back into my own confidence was to, to, to become more forceful. So it was at that point that the relationship, the, the abuse did become physical. So and it, a thing happened one night, an event happened one night, and there was no turning back from that. I will just leave it at that. So because I'd been having the counselling and... Um, coaching around you know what potentially may or may not happen I had a plan which was a really reassuring thing um, still felt like there was no real certainty about what was going to happen but I had certain things in place like some money in a separate bank account um, I had copies of keys I had copies of documents that I needed um, so I had you know, planned ahead and thought about what things I might need. And I had a couple of bags packed and stored with a friend of toiletries and clothes and, you know, things that you need every day. So there was a, an event that was life-threatening, let's say that. So um, that, that was the night that it all ended and I left. And it was a huge, huge relief for a few days. <laughs> and I really felt the sense of burden lifted from me. I, I was able to actually feel a sense of joy that I hadn't felt in years. And um, for a few days, I allowed myself that. I allowed myself to have that sense of freedom and having taken that step and the sense of relief that flooded my body, I could relax. Um, but of course, it's a long journey after that point. So 
yeah, yeah. that's that's the that's the the basic story of what happened. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing so openly and vulnerably about that. And I think you have provided a lot of medicine for a lot of the women who will be listening to this podcast as well. What, what, what would be your advice to somebody who may find themselves in a relationship that has characteristics that you have just described, those kinds of red flags and so on? What would you be your advice to them? My biggest advice would be to not ignore your intuition because it is your best friend. It is your it is your life force. It's your inner knowing. It's your it's your it's your sight. It's your hearing. It is your sense of taste, smell, understanding. It is 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 there to support you that is its job and it does it well mm-hmm. so follow your intuition always and if there is an uncomfortable feeling about any kind of behavior if there's a question about anything pay attention and notice any patterns you don't have to jump to conclusions if it's you know early on in the relationship or And perhaps you may be questioning whether if you've had an abusive relationship in the past or you've had experiences in the past, you may be feeling that you're projecting. Uh, But don't be afraid to analyze it. Don't be so caught up in needing to have that fairy tale or needing to have that that sense of acknowledgement, um, acceptance, that you're willing to stretch your boundaries or give, um, you know, give give the what do you call it the um, the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Heed that doubt. Make a note of that doubt. Give the benefit of the doubt a couple of times if that's what you choose to do, but do it with. Do it with support of your own well-being. Do it in honesty with yourself. Don't wear the rose-colored glasses and brush it off as just a thing that um, guys do or this person has been through a, you know they've had a bad experience themselves so don't let don't let yourself justify bad behavior everyone is responsible for their own behavior everyone has choices in how they behave um, many people will fall back on those past experiences to excuse their shitty behavior in the present moment And unfortunately, many women, especially those of us who are highly empathic, Mm -hmm. caring, um, potentially, you know, wanting to rescue, um, we fall at the um, at the mercy of these people much of the time um, because you know our nature is to care our nature is to want to support our nature is to uh, to nurture mm-hmm. so you know that can come 
at the deep expense of our emotional, psychological, spiritual well-being. So don't be afraid to put yourself first. Don't be afraid to question behavior that feels wrong to you. Be brave in that. Be courageous in standing for your own well-being because nobody else is going to do it for you. Wow. Well, Jane, thank you. You've, you've given us some very, very powerful pointers and powerful advice there. And overall, just so much information for, for us to really sit with and digest and, uh, yeah, to, to really think over, I think. So thank mm. you so much. Oh, my neighbor's dog is barking his head off. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing that all along as well, but it's just part of the process for whatever yeah. reason he needs to make himself known right now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, Jane, um, yeah, go on. I was going to say, no, the, 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 the biggest lesson for me is... Um, I always felt like I needed permission to put myself first. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's simply not true. And especially, you know, as women, if we have children, uh, we have other family members that we may need to care for or, um, you know, we've got uh, responsibilities with work and, um, you know, all the life's, all of all that life's bringing us uh, that we, you know, we have commitments to. Um, there is this sense that we must put our own well-being to the bottom of the list. Mm. And, um, and, you know, potentially deny ourselves, potentially sacrifice ourselves. It's simply not true. It's simply a collective consciousness acceptance that the feminine has taken on. Mm-hmm. Um and it, in the last few years, it, it has become so apparent to me through working in groups with women that one of the overarching discoveries that I have made when I've asked this question, what are your beliefs about you and caring for you? The answer came back as I'm not allowed, mm. which is astonishing it's astonishing and it is such a deep unconscious belief. Yeah. So I invite anyone to sit with that. Is that something that is there in your subconscious? Does that reside in your energy body? Does that does that drive your decision making every day? I need permission, I'm not allowed. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Um, as I've said a couple of times already, I think this will truly resonate and, and bring a lot of medicine to many of our listeners and certainly inspire a lot of thinking, ins- inspection, mm. like in, inner reflection. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just ask yourself that question. It's a simple question and be prepared for the answer. Don't, don't push it away. Acknowledge its presence. Because if mm. we don't act the presence of it, we can't heal it. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. 
Now, Jane, you've given us so much information here, and I know you've also got a gift for our listeners. Could you tell us more mm. about that? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I recently did a um, a series of meditations, and it was it, the intention of it was to support the movement towards um, solstice last year in December here in Australia at Uluru. Um, the um, prophecy and and the work that was being done to raise the vibration for the planet and so I did a a month-long series of meditations for half an hour each day and we really focused in on generating that vibration and frequency of love not expecting it to come to us from anywhere else but finding that place within ourselves where it resides, where it lives, where it is generated, and for no other reason that we can. Mm. We do it for ourselves. We do it for our loved ones. We do it for our community, and we do it for our planet, our beautiful Mother Earth. Um, So I am actually creating a separate meditation I'll be I'll be actually doing doing this process tomorrow and recording it and sending it to you so that it can be added um, when the when the web web goes when it goes out on the web. So it is for just just your your audience. It will be a private link to my um, my YouTube channel and um, it will be a, a meditation to invite you to find that place within yourself where love lives that spark that bright light however deep it is we go deep into that place beautiful bring it life bring it its vibrance back and allow it to expand Mm, sounds beautiful thank you so much for that jane Mm -hmm. And if, if our listeners were um, interested in, in finding out more about you or perhaps even working with you, Jane, how would they find you? Well, I have a website. Well, I have two websites, in fact. The Life 2 Project is my work with um, predominantly women. I do a lot of fundraising on this website so I can work with women who are on very low incomes who have been seriously financially challenged through the experience of domestic violence. Uh, and we create funding for our retreats and workshops and things so that women can attend. So you can read the information on there and contact me through there if you wish. Uh, my other website is www.janeslight-leach.com.au. Um, as you, um, um, I guess you'll put my name and all of the, the links and everything along with the um with the podcast when it goes live uh you can email me at um life to project at protonmail.com uh, and on my facebook page i've got several groups on facebook so there's my main page um i've got my practitioner page they're both the same name so when you type in my name you'll see both of them come up One's got a pink background, that's my professional page, and the other one has got a tree in the background, a big, beautiful oak tree, which is my my, my tree spirit, actually. 
Mm. I am a, mm. uh, I am of Celtic heritage, so the oak is very, very dear to me. And uh, we actually have um, a course starting on Thursday this week, actually, called the New Human Guide. So that is also on Facebook if you want to look that up. Um, and that is a 12-week journey uh, going through many of the challenges that we are currently facing. So we're looking at um, our um, self-care, very deep self-care for the challenges that we are facing right now. Uh, we're challenging some of the beliefs that we currently have about the world and our place in it. Um, we look at the language that we use. We look at the beliefs that we're holding. And myself and my partner in crime, Sharon King, um, have actually developed a new process called the MetaClear Technique, which um, is going to be launched through the new human guide uh, as as one of the techniques that we are going to be using and it's it's how it's it's part of the launch um, it's not a big kind of launch it's a very soft launch that we're we're going to invite people to actually come in and experience this we both work and have worked for many many years in in different levels of trauma Sharon is so experienced and is such a prolific teacher in birth trauma uh, she's created several of her own programs and techniques through that work and my deep experience with um, what I've just spoken about, domestic violence, gendered violence, um, all of the issues really that, that come from really any kind of trauma that women experience that can be, you know, from childhood uh, and, and right through, it, you know, we, we have a huge array of beliefs that we pick up over many many years that get embedded and um yeah we have got some really beautiful gentle processes that we are going to be taking people through through that 12 weeks it's it's an mm. astounding body of work and you know it's um it's taken us several months to put it together and it's an absolute labor of love <laughs> mm. Sounds wonderful. Thank you we so felt, much. We felt we needed to put something into the world to support people right now. Sure. And, and that is so, so important with, with everything that we mm -hmm. are being exposed to and living through at the moment. So thank you for doing that. And we'll definitely include the link to this, um, the launch of the program itself um, as, as part of the Please. intro text to this interview. So thank you. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy and pleasure, Emmy. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. Beautiful. Thank now, you so much. Thank you. Now, everybody, just for a little moment, let's focus our intention on this beautiful, wise energy that's been activated during this interview. And just imagine sending this energy to everybody, everywhere on our planet, to remember that in the end, we all are truly one. And that the more of us dare to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also shift and ascend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening.